Hello there, and welcome to the Babblers Guild. Hello, don't know what that accent was. Uh, that was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> we need more of it that. It was an incredible accent. Um, yes, it's episode three, which is absolutely insane. Episode three already, and all the other two are up already, which is crazy. They're actually up and live and in the world on everywhere you get your bloody podcasts everywhere they're doing good i mean it's been so fun making these and you say episode three i said last time i want to name them so this is going to be episode jeff episode jeff okay so every episode we're going to give them a name so it was adam Stephen, and this is jeff so welcome jeff to the podcast I don't, jeff isn't a real person by the way jess 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 is jess as well now jeff is the name of this podcast so welcome jeff Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> Good times. Um, how are you? You doing okay? Jeff is fine. I am fine. <laughs> you speak for Jeff as well. Jeff is speaking through you. You're like some strange sort of medium man. I just feel like uh, I don't know how long I can keep up with with naming the podcast, but we'll just we'll just pretend um, Jeff is Jeff is here with us, um, and then eventually we'll get to podcast Graham. But that's for a, a different. A different time, a different story for a different day. I think it definitely is. I mean, that's a, that's for a private podcast. That is just for us because that is a very private joke, and no one will ever know. It is about that no joke. No one will know. No one will ever know about Graham Biltroff. Graham Biltroff. Okay, and that's the mystery that um, no one will ever know. Um, anyway, I am setting myself a little challenge. This. This podcast, I almost already did it then. I'm going to try and not say like or um, because when I've been editing, I've noticed that I say that quite a lot. And if I do say it, I'm going to try and pull myself up on it. No one's mentioned it yet, but I feel like... I haven't noticed. Yeah. I haven't noticed it. I think you're being hard on yourself. Nah, it's, it's, it, it really annoys me. When I've, when I've listened to it back, I've just thought... This is not good. I say that way too much. I sound like a like a twelve year old boy at school who can't talk properly. No, no offense to twelve year old boys. Just too much editing to keep taking it out. Yeah. No, no offense to the to the twelve year olds. <laughs> no offense to twelve year olds. But I mean, I do work with them on a daily basis, um, and I can tell you that none of them actually do say like. So that's a weird yeah. reference. Okay. There anyway, um, first of all, we need to say a absolutely. Massive, massive thank you very much to Reese for designing our logo, don't we? We do, yeah. So Reese is a good friend of mine that I uh, I play games with quite a lot that I I am very grateful for. Uh, he has a really great graphic design page as well up on Instagram. So be sure to check that out. That is at Reese.gfx. Reese is spelled R H Y S. Go give him. Uh, a little a little browse, give him a follow on uh, Instagram, really good at the graphic design. Um, we spent a few hours the other day going through some designs and, and getting something together. So yeah, we're really grateful for that. Massive, massive thank you to Reese for helping us out. Yes, we um, we love you, Reese. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we, do. <laughs> we really do. Um, oh, I've already said, um, unbelievable. The logo i i like it because you came up with the idea of the crossed axes didn't you and with the microphone i think it's a quite good idea yeah i had that idea i thought well if we're talking guild guild i think the axes go quite well with it it's, you know you have like warriors and things like that yeah. don't you yeah, um, you do, you definitely and do. then <laughs> obviously a microphone because it's a podcast as everyone probably knows but in terms of color schemes shaping sizing i know nothing about that i am terrible with <laughs> color theory I will mix and match things that just don't go together. So it was great to have, obviously, some ideas from yourself and then Reese putting it all together. It was really fascinating to see him actually making the logo, doing all the shading, the colouring. I definitely could not have done that myself. So, yeah, ridiculously grateful for the, the support he's given us with that. Yeah, it's a great logo. And if you want anything, again, his Instagram is at reese.gfx. Now, I will put that in the episode description for this video so if you forget it or at the end you want to have a little look there'll be a link down below or wherever it is on on the podcast app you use let him up with those inquiries get it popping for him there you go business will be booming anyway (laughs) (laughs) i think you're about to move on yes i was about to move on but um you were trying to say that his business is going to be absolutely popping off 
Yes. Which I'm sure that, it that was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> uh, I've already said um, and I've just blown out my mic. <laughs> like. What a good time. Uh, let's move on straight away to, I think, something that we've been dying to talk about for the past week. And that is a little thing called a Bubba Fett. Oh, Book of Boba Fett. We seem to talk about... We talk about a lot of Star Wars things, don't we, on this podcast? We do. But I think that it's hard not to, because there's just so much Star Wars stuff out there at the moment, particularly when we were talking about the, the game news last week for the upcoming games. But the Book of Boba Fett just seems to have... like Each episode seems to have got better. It's, it's essentially become The Mandalorian. Again, spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. But I feel like we got a massive whack of nostalgia in chapter 5 was they called it chapters didn't they yeah uh, it's a yeah. it's a book so it makes sense but chapter 6 if you thought chapter 5 had a lot of nostalgia chapter 6 was just whoa <laughs> it just hit you in the face <laughs> right from the off again it just had everything you wanted to see and there could have been just they could have just shown like one or two clips and just ended the episode there and i think all star wars fans would have been happy yeah. You know, the, the clip of uh, Ahsoka saying to Luke, again, spoilers, <laughs> you're so much like your father. I think, oh, they could have just shown me that, and I'd been like, yeah, I'm happy. Don't need any more Star Wars content for a year now. Yeah, it was. It was like absolutely ram-packed with just so much Star Wars goodness. Now, like you were saying, it seems to be better as it goes along. Now, I remember when Boba Fett first started, and... I really liked the first episode. I loved it. Yep. And then I think I thought the second and third episodes were not letdowns, but I didn't really know where it was going, especially that really strange... Yeah. Was it like a space moped chase through Moss Espa? Like a panther. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> it was. It just didn't look great. There was no steaks. And I don't mean the food. Like, the steaks weren't very high. It it didn't seem very fast. It was there was nothing. I didn't care. Like, I didn't care if that person, the aide to the mayor, got away. It was sort of not very fun to watch. And I was thinking to myself, this is not going to be good. But they have brought it back with episode five and six, and obviously tomorrow, which is the what is the date tomorrow? The ninth, the ninth of February. It will be the, tomorrow. It will be the final. The final episode. So we get to find out how it ends. And that's a good times. I think that was the issue. is I couldn't really see a story developing either. I was like, well, what are they doing? Are they just trying to have him establish himself as the, um, you know, as being in charge and running things? Is he going to have to actually fight anyone? I didn't know what was going on. Um, it seems like it's all going to come to a head. They seem to have opened up lots of plot lines and kind of just left them there. And I'm hoping it all ties together. Like the Rancor, for example, earlier on. They had a bit of a, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be a target for the Rancor. We've seen nothing of that since. I'm assuming that's going to be in the final chapter. I hope so, because they sort of left that off with uh, Danny Trejo. Is that? Yeah, yes, it, is. it was. He's it the was Rancor Danny Trejo. keeper, isn't he? He was. He was, he was going yeah. to train Boba Fett to ride the Rancor. So hopefully, in this next episode, we get to see Boba Fett riding atop a Rancor with like a Ma- yes exactly with uh, <laughs> Bando and all of them let's get everyone in there let's just throw everybody in and get yeah. them to fight everyone and I hope we get to see some more huts let's get Mum of the Hut would like to give, see me Mum of the Hutt. give me Mum of the Hut give me Mum of the Hut give me Papa the Hut give me everyone give me Uncle Steve the Hut give me them all and just so you don't get peckish while you're watching we can have Pizza the Hut Wow, that Pizza was terrible. The that, that was terrible. Well, Pizza <laughs> the Hut, it's from Spaceballs, isn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah with Rick Moranis. Yeah, I swear it's from um, Spaceballs. Bit of, bit of uh, whatever it's called. Pizza the Hut. What a great, a great, a great time. But I'm very excited for that tomorrow to see how it concludes. And then um, hopefully it won't be very long. Oh, it has actually just sprung to mind. I don't even have it written down. But apparently it has leaked that Obi-Wan, the series, may be releasing on May the 4th. Mm-hmm. I, did, I think I said last week, I'm sure it's a May release. Yes, I think did. we had a bit of a debate over it, didn't we? You and did. I'm like, I think it's May. 
Yeah, but... I thought it was October for some reason, but apparently someone, some industry insider has said that it's going to be May the 4th. So hopefully we get some Obi-Wan Kenobi on May the 4th. I'm just excited to have Ewan McGregor back. He is I, phenomenal uh... as that character. I just I remember when they asked him on stage, are you ever going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And he just said, yes, or yes oh, I am, or yeah. something like that. So and, good. Whew, been excited since. I, I can't see how that's going to go wrong. I don't want to jinx it. I really don't want to jinx it, but with how good the writing's been for the live-action Star Wars series recently, uh, how good the, the sets have been, I... I cannot see it going wrong. I don't want to regret saying that. I'm probably going to come and listen back to this in a few months' time and be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it. You know that Interstellar <laughs> meme where he's knocking on it like, no, no, yes. don't do it. It's going to be me about to turn on uh, the Kenobi series. I hope not. I pray not. Uh, but yeah, uh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th. If it's out on then, I am going to be very, very happy. That will be taking up uh, all of my, my interest capacity for the entire time it's out and probably a bit beyond it definitely will i just want everything stars all the time we haven't spoke about the marvel series on the podcast yet but i'm not the greatest fan of the marvel tv series i thought wandavision was awful <laughs> i i, I just okay. really didn't get <laughs> on with it i don't like american sitcoms it, it I, I, I don't find them funny. Uh, there's a few that I do. I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and there's probably a few more that I like. But the majority of American sitcoms I just don't get on with, and I don't know why. I know they're most of them are incredibly popular, and I think that's the reason why I just couldn't get on with One Division. All the other ones are fine. Loki. Is brilliant. I loved Loki. Yeah, that, was a great that had really series. good reviews as well. People were really into that. Yeah, really good series. I've not watched Hawkeye yet. I'm going to get around to it at some point, but apparently it's fine. I've heard that it's okay. <laughs> it's not bad. It's a good watch. It's a good. I've watch. not watched any of them. To be fair, I I watch the Marvel films when they come out. Not necessarily Midnight Launch. I'm not huge on Marvel. Other than Spider-Man and X-Men, I like that that kind of Marvel, oh, yes. which uh, have been a bit distant from the MCU. Um, you know, with it, with, I know they're starting to pull things back in, but yeah, that's kind of the extent of my Marvel. I have watched all the Avengers films. I've watched some of the Iron Man and the Thor films, um, but the series I've not really given a chance. But I'm not. I don't think I'm invested enough in the backstories or know enough about them to watch the series. Potentially Loki, um, but. And if there was a Guardians of the Galaxy series, I'm all over that. Well, there is going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, which I think is coming out this year, which I don't know if it's a series or obviously because it's a Christmas special, it's probably just one sort of like 45 minute one shot thing, which should be quite good. But there is a Moon Knight series coming out pretty soon with Oscar Isaac playing Moon Knight, which is basically... um, Marvel's version of Batman, but it's a bit daredevil-y. It looks good. It looks great. It looks like I, a good series. Am I right in thinking Oscar Isaac's played Apocalypse? Yes, he did. The awful in version X-Men. of Apocalypse, yes. He did. in the Yeah. I remember that in X-Men Apocalypse, obviously. Yeah. He played Apocalypse, didn't he? So he's yeah. multi-rolling. If they do a multiverse thing, he could just come back as Apocalypse in, hopefully, a better costume but anyway uh that was, wasn't my point my original point was going to be <laughs> that the marvel series are fine but so far the star wars series have been 95 percent fantastic fight that five percent missing is those few episodes of boba fett which were not a little great. bit stale yeah a bit stale but i think for the most just part, a little bit star wars is great on my yeah, list i agree next I am excited for a game that's coming out, and I didn't want to tell you about this concept to be a surprise, but it's a oh, game which on. is called Arctic Survivor. Oh, dear. And <laughs> I'm really excited. Do you know what Arctic Survivor is? Are you referring to The Apprentice? I might, might be, potentially. Is it Arctic, Arctic Saviour, wasn't it? Oh, is it Saviour? I see I lot. think it's Saviour. Well, it doesn't really matter because it's getting spelt wrong anyway, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, that 
episode, if you don't know, The Apprentice is on in the UK at the moment. And if you don't know what The Apprentice is, it's where a load of people who have a usually a crap business idea get terrible sailboats. Yeah, they are. They're probably going to be failures. Get put onto different teams every week by Sir Alan Sugar, who's just this big, big tech mogul guy. and they get put into these situations where they've got to create products and see who can win the task. And they had a video game task and they couldn't even spell the word Arctic. They kept saying Arctic, A-R-T-I-C. And they took it to the pitch, didn't they? In front of like people from like Xbox and everything. And they said, this is Arctic Saviour. And it was awful. It was horrendous. It was. I remember seeing them drawing the logo and I. it was the first thing I spotted. Well, Surely they mean Arctic, and I thought, are they going to try and play it off as some sort of pun? And then I realised, no, they they actually think that's how it's spelled. And then they said, oh, we have spelt it right, and all of them were like, yeah, we have. And I'm thinking, there's three of you there. How is at least one of you, if you're supposedly going into business? I appreciate that some people might struggle with spelling, they might have dyslexia or something, but you'd get it checked by someone if you were going to try and publish it, wouldn't you? You definitely you would. You would get it, get it checked. And it was Karen Brady's face when she saw it. She was just... I, I thought, is she going to let them know? But I think the, the producers probably said, don't, it'll be good telly um, if we let it let it stay incorrect. And then on top of that, penguins, which featured as a character in the game, aren't even from the Arctic, no, they're, they're from not. the Antarctic. Exactly. I have just noticed on my notes, it does actually say Ar- Arctic Saviour, but I just read it as Survivor. So I think I need to get a um, dyslexia test, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, I have been convinced that I am probably dyslexic for a while, but I'm not going to go and get a test because I feel like it's too late. I'm about to become a teacher, so what's the point? Well, there you go. And the thing is, though, if you were going to publish a game, before you went to the pitch, you'd check you spelt it right. Oh, you, you definitely would. Even in... Um, so sometimes in The Apprentice, a lot of people, or even I do sometimes, I think maybe it's all a bit put on, but purely because one of the girls in the team's Every time she said Arctic, she pronounced it Arctic without knowing. So it, it convinced me that that was genuine, a genuine mistake. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the C can get lost if you say it quite quickly. You Arctic, know, Arctic. Arctic. Some cool. people probably think that's how it's pronounced and therefore spell it that way. But yeah, it was just a shambles. Um, but I think the, the game as well, both games were terrible. Being a gamer, watching that and thinking, what is going on? They if you're going to make awful. a platformer, make it unique, make it make it good, like uh, something else I'm going to discuss later on. Ooh, a little little tease for later a on. Teaser. A what platformer am I going to discuss? Ooh, who knows? <laughs> um, just very quickly, I spent quite a bit of the last week playing Ghost of Tsushima again. Like I mentioned in the first episode that I'm playing at the moment, and I genuinely forgot how good it was. It's incredible. I haven't even got to the Iki Island DLC. I'm mopping up everything. I've got to the third zone. It's just, it's an absolute delight to play. Everything about that game is, it's incredible. And I forgot how good it is. And it's even better on PS5. I just wanted to say that. And I want to just say, everyone should go and buy it. If you've got a PS5 or PS4, (laughs) just go and buy it. Because it's such a good game you probably get it quite cheap heard, on ps4 yeah. at cex or something so go and get it i've heard nothing bad about that game at all everything i hear mainly from yourself but for also Not from yet. a few other people that have played it is that it is fantastic so i'm really excited to eventually get around to that it is on a list of games that i i haven't played but that i will play it is going to be the next rpg that i do most likely Ooh, well you will play it because as soon as i'm finished and i've platinumed it i'm going to send it to you in the post <laughs> so you can you can play it yourself looking forward to that good very much so now just before we get on to our as titled by the video our underrated game so we've each chosen three underrated games haven't we that we think we have yeah yeah before we get on to that it sort of i think it was yes either yesterday or sometime today the news sort of came out that in november when the uh, gta trilogy came out Obviously, it came out to a resounding lead balloon. It did. I did purchase it. It was bug-ridden, wasn't it? It was bug-ridden. I did purchase it. I have only played Vice City, and I can say that... I actually can say that. I didn't have any problems with it. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't have any problems with Vice City. 
However, I don't think Vice City was the problem. It was GTA 3. Now, they have updated it a load, and it does look a lot better than it did when they first released. It's nice to just go in and play them all again. And I have almost got the Platinum on Vice City. I just need to 100% it. There isn't a lot for me to do, but I haven't got the time at the moment. Okay. Anyway, that's a different story. It sold <laughs> over 10 million copies. Okay, that's how does that compare to sort of the other games then uh, that were around that time? That's <laughs> crazy though. Like it, to say lot. how bad it was, 10 million is a lot. Now, I haven't actually looked at how many um games sold. Um, so how many copies of let's see how many of Call of Duty Vanguard sold. Oof, that flops a little bit. I think it still sold a lot, but in term there's apparently more people on Twitch watching I think I've mentioned this before watching people sleep than there are yes. watching people play Vanguard you mentioned that I think the other week um, so apparently Vanguard sales are down uh, let's have a look how many have you sold doesn't say brilliant but anyway okay 10 million is a lot that's a lot that's a lot of copies I think to say it's old games remark well re Remastered, reimagined. Yeah, it's for um, re- remastered yeah. only, isn't it? But yeah, it, I think they're fine and serviceable as games that you could play. I haven't touched San Andreas yet. I will. I love San Andreas, but I purely bought that collection for Vice City because Vice City yeah. is my favourite GTA and it forever will Same be. Here. And it's nice. I think the best way of describing those games is when you put them on it's how you remember them yeah and when you go back to old games obviously looking at graphics nowadays with ps5 and everything like that you go back to an old game and sometimes you go oh yeah i don't remember it being this bad (laughs) i don't remember it looking like that but you go onto the gta trilogy and it's as if you're just playing the normal game which is good because it's how you remember it it's they look how i remember them looking even though they didn't look that good yeah, so but I think that's what's quite good is you play those games, like you said, from a while ago, and you didn't think they looked quite that far behind graphically. You kind of have them in your head, because obviously at the time they were the best graphics around, really. So you kind of think, oh yeah, that, these are all right graphics. And then you go back and you compare it to where you're at now, and you think, oh, there's a big leap. So if they have the old style graphics, but make them a little bit newer, just a little bit more more redefined, it, it fits quite nicely into it. Oh yeah, this is what it was like, even though it wasn't. Even though it wasn't, definitely. But I just think it's crazy it sold 10 million copies. That's mad. Madness. That is quite a lot. It is quite a lot. Good on them. Yes. Good on you, Rockstar. Good on you, Rockstar. Put all that money into that GTA 6 development. <laughs> please, 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 please. Which please I hope it. is either going to be in a new version of Vice City, like sort of a Miami-esque place, or they just give it a different setting like a different time period, put one in the 60s, put one, do a London one again, or to even do like a GTA Manchester. <laughs> I suppose the issue is with the UK one is we don't have many guns over it. We don't, but they could set it in a time when they were legal. Yeah, I suppose when you go into that, though, with Rockstar doing things like that, does that not lead you more into like the Red Dead sort of style? Because Red Dead is essentially like cowboy GTA, isn't it? Yeah, it could be. However, they could sort of do maybe a early, very early 1900s one, like 1910 or something like that. Just where... give everyone muskets. Yeah, and muskets in 1910. I, mean, using I don't know. I'm going a bit far back. Muskets. Uh. <laughs> like a couple of hundred years too late. Well, a few hundred years too late, I think. They would have been, what, about the 1600s? Uh, I mean, probably. I, I'm unsure. But uh, yeah, they had like regular like pistols and stuff in the early 1900s that thing i don't watch it but think like peaky blinders that area that era yeah (laughs) peaky blinders is great they could do that'd be great they could do like a um grand theft auto peaky blinders something like that don't know yeah who knows right i think we should start our underrated games now we've both chosen three games each magic number yeah, three is is the magic number. Three is a uh, company. It's not two's company, three's crowd. <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like you should go first with this. These are, just before we get into it, these are all games that we've played to fully 
completion. And I think all three of mine I've platinumed as well. So <laughs> I've played these to death very clearly. Now, Jamie, I'm going to allow you to go first. So please take the stage and tell us your third underrated game. Oh, what an honour to go first. <laughs> <laughs> my my third place, uh, and I'm so excited to talk about this one, is Broforce. 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 Now, have you played Broforce? I have, very briefly, because it was free for a little while, a long time yeah. ago on PS Plus, and I did play it for, a, I think I played it for about a month, and I remember really enjoying it at the time. It was just so fun. It was so simple, but it was really fun. And it came out in 2014, and I think it would have been free on PlayStation Plus 2016, 2017 for PlayStation 4 users. And the premise is it's just the most ridiculously over-masculine thing ever. 80s action movies all the way. And it's just a platform side-scroller, essentially. But it's not just a platform side-scroller, I should say. It is the most action-packed game you will ever play. There are explosions. There are choppers like you see in Vietnam flying overhead. There are just constant guns, explosions, grenades, barrels exploding. And it's a real arcade-style graphic, uh, graph- graphic sort of setup. It looks like you're playing a game that would have been out on Sega or something like that, or, or even the old Nintendos. And the premise behind it essentially is you are these reimagined versions of all the classic action movie heroes that are going through a level, blowing stuff up, shooting enemies so you can get to the extraction point and fly away in the helicopter. And you get all these different obstacles on the way and you can change your characters and unlock new ones along the way. And all the characters, like I said, are reimagined. So you have Rambro, you have Indiana Brones, Brobocop, <laughs> B.A. Bro Raptors. Brobocop, uh, Bro Dread, you have um, the Brominator, you have all these characters, Brohard, obviously uh, John McCain, um, and I just I just found it so fun playing all these characters. Particularly, what was quite good is you could do co-op on it, and I think you could have up to four. And if you had a group of you just going along with all these different characters, blowing stuff up, throwing grenades, um, you just there's not really much more I can say because that's all it was. This over-masculine, over-action-packed game where you just blew everything up, uh, made a path of destruction, and then flew away on an old army-style helicopter at the end. And I absolutely loved it. I could not get enough of that. I kept coming back to it. Whenever I had people around and we were like, oh, let's play a sort of party-style game we can all get involved with, Broforce was on, and we just had a real good laugh playing on that. So that's my number three. If anyone hasn't played it, you can probably pick it up really cheap, I'd imagine. It's definitely worth a go, just to see what all the hype's about. Even if you get bored of it after a while, I don't think you will. But the first hour of playing that is just something else. So yeah, that is my number three. Yeah, I, I, I remember it coming out and really, really enjoying it. I do go through like sort of like little stints where I really love sort of little... Do you even call them indie games anymore? Is that a term that we use? Maybe. Because in... I know it used to be. I remember when X... it was like Xbox 360 and PS3. And I do remember the term indie devs and indie games always being sort of thrown around. But I... you never really hear it anymore, do you? Not so much, no. They... I suppose a lot of the little indie platforms get... Or indie platforms or indie companies whatever i'm trying to say <laughs> tend to get bought if, if the game does well they get bought up by disney or facebook or something no just disney disney's gonna just own disney. everything one day there's a funny uh bit in one of the south park episodes actually when randy travels to i've gone a little bit off topic randy oh, travels you, to you go off topic to china to sell his to sell his uh We'll call them goods that he makes on a farming in Colorado. Right. And Mickey Mouse comes in. There's lo- they've arrested loads of people in China, including like Winnie the Pooh and uh, all the st- all the Star Wars characters, uh, all the Avengers. And then Mickey Mouse comes in and asks who Randy is, and they say, "Oh, he's from South Park." And he says, "Do we own South Park?" Ha uh-huh. <laughs> And they go, "No, not yet, Mr. Mouse, not yet." And it's just the not yet. I love that because even South Park <laughs> were making a joke. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are so funny. They're basically like, yeah, to be honest, we'll probably get bought by Disney one day. <laughs> is it, isn't it Paramount who own South Park? Because, I mean, they own 20th Century Fox, don't they? So they own, uh, what's it I called? think it's Paramount. Yeah, because they own Simpsons Paramount Pictures, Futurama, yeah. don't they? I think they do, yeah. It's on Comedy Central, I know, South Park, when it tends to come out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Paramount, yeah. Don't know, but yeah, I I adore 
South Park. I love every. I love every. I've watched nearly all of them. I think I've watched up up to probably before the last couple of series. Uh, anyway, going back, I love little indie titles and little side-scrolling eight-bit games like that are modernly modernly made, such as like so I was good. talking about last week, Cuphead. Love any game yes. like that. It's brilliant. It's good times. My number three, I'm actually going to go in reverse order than what I've written because oh. I'm going to put my favourite one at the top. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is a game that I know you've platinumed. Yeah. And I have also platinumed it as well. And it's actually a little indie game, which I don't think many people heard of or played, but it's a game called Deadly Tower of Monsters. Oh, such a good game. It's a great such game. Such a good game. It was so simple and it was amazing. Yeah, it's... I I remember seeing the trailer for it. Now, the trailer, when it first came out, was this really camp 1950s-style sort of B-movie horror film trailer for a game. And it, re- it intrigued me immediately because I love all that aesthetic with the big bubble helmets with the radar dishes coming off of it and the weird ray guns and weird stop-motion monsters and whatnot. And the premise of this game is you are on a film set and you can then play as one of three characters it's basically a male space traveler a female space traveler or a robot and i chose to play as the robot throughout the entire thing (laughs) and you've got to go from the bottom of the deadly tower of monsters and work your way all the way to the top of the deadly tower of monsters fighting a boss at the end of sort of each stage and you have all of these little little monsters to fight along the way but it's so based in and engrossed by this 1950s aesthetic that some of the monsters that you're fighting are actually stop-motion monsters and they move <laughs> they with like less frames than everything else. And it makes it look like they're all moving in stop-motion. And it's your classic upgrade system. Once you're fully upgraded, you can basically kill everything. You have this ray gun. It's just a fantastic game to play and it has all the classic monsters it's got like ufos and giant ants and zombies and dinosaurs and all these weird and wacky creatures and robots for you to fight giant gorilla yes there is that's one of the bosses one of the bosses is a giant gorilla (laughs) which is obviously taking from king kong and it's great and sometimes if i remember correctly the game stops and the director actually comes in to the screen and he starts talking yeah. to you, if I remember he correctly. Does. I think that happens towards the end. Yeah, like right at the end. Like... <laughs> it's such a, it's such a good game that if you haven't played it, the Deadly Tower of Monsters is. I think it's available on every every platform, and it's a pretty easy platinum if you're in to if you're into platinums. I think it's about twelve quid or like fourteen ninety nine dollars. It won't be expensive, like will it? It's pretty cheap, and you get a good a good couple of hours. I'm just having a look now. It came out in 2016. It came out. Yeah, I so remember playing it and uh, just working my way through it all in one day because I was just hooked. And then the time just flew by while I was playing that. And then at the end, what's really good is is it's all done in like one continuous take, essentially, isn't it? Going yes, up this tower. It is. There's no sort of breaks in it, so you you can fully travel the tower. And I'm sure there's actually a, a trophy or an achievement for jumping off the top so when you get to the end you can literally jump and it takes ages to get back down yes, to the bottom does. you can see every single layer of this tower that you've gone up because it's it's not like a enclosed tower is it it's a, almost like a big tree house <laughs> yes it is it's, it's in that sense that it's like you go up like rings that kind of spiral up this tower on the outside didn't you and then um so you as you jump off you can see all the layers you can land back on them Oh, I, I absolutely love that game. I think it's one of the most underrated games that has been on the last generation of consoles. Oh, it definitely is. It, I As soon as I put it on, I knew that I was going to love it immediately. It was great. It's by yeah. a... Um, I think they're called Ace. I think developers called Ace Team. I've never played any other game by them, so if they make any other games like that, I'm going to be straight there. But anyway, that's my number three which is a great game great game even deadly tower of yeah, monsters fantastic definitely go and play it it's an absolute wild ride jamie what is ah, number two number two so this one 
it, it might cause a bit of debate as to whether it's underrated. I think it is underrated in the sense that it got a lot of a lot of flack, and a lot of people say it's one of the worst in the series. We've spoken a lot about Assassin's Creed on previous podcasts. Oh, We've yes. spoken about things like Odyssey, uh, Valhalla, which we've both put a lot of time into. A lot. <laughs> I mean, a that's lot an of understatement, time. that is. And <laughs> Assassin's Creed as a game series isn't really underrated. It's It's got so many titles within the series. It's got a film. There's there's a lot lot of lore with, to go with it. And it does have a huge fan base. But Assassin's Creed Syndicate is my number two. Oh, such a good game. I loved that game. Exactly. Right? I think it's really good. But a lot of people say that was the turning point when it went downhill. No. People I say, oh, Unity, Unity was good. Unity and was I bad. think Unity was terrible. It was. <laughs> I agree. Was I awful. did not like Unity because all the other enemies had guns and would just shoot you easily. And you couldn't really defend well against yeah. it and that's unless that's just me being bad at the game <laughs> but i thought with syndicate i really liked the idea of playing as two characters particularly the relationship they had with each other you know it was it was kind of like a cool little sort of victorian crime ring that you had going on i thought the combat was really cool the weapons that you had the like you had the zip hooks as well didn't you that you could yes, use you to grapple about the city and maybe i'm a bit biased because i am english but going around Victorian London <laughs> and climbing up Big Ben, Nelson's Column, going to the old train station. Like, the trains, how good were the trains going through London, just oh, jumping it, on them? It were, it really was great. It, like, the full recreation of London was great and just going up Elizabeth Tower, as it's actually called, not Big Ben. But, I mean, that's Big a fact. Yeah, Elizabeth fun, fun Tower. Fact. Big, ben is the, Big Ben is the bell? It is, yes. Big Ben is the bell. Where is, so there you go. That's, yeah. that's this episode's not so fun fun fact that Big Ben is not called Big Ben. It's called Elizabeth Tower, and the bell is actually the bell. Big Ben. So there it we go. Is. I jumped on the big clock. I'll say that just for completion. <laughs> I climbed the, the big, big clock, clock, and I jumped off it, and it was very fun. And there was a really good mission as well. You could only go there once, but there was a mission that took you to the Tower of London. I don't remember. I believe, that. unless I'm making that up, and I'm, I'm getting that confused with another game. I'm pretty sure, I am sure that would have been in it. I'm sure there was a mission that took you to the Tower of London. You had to get a boat there. And I don't think you could go back there. I think it was like a one-time go there. Oh, I don't know. Do, do what you needed to do. And then and then you go back to the main city. But I remember jumping across all the boats in the Thames to get from one side of the Thames to the other. I thought that was really fun as well. So, yeah, I, I can't remember too much of the story, actually. But I just remember the gameplay and being in London being incredibly fun. Um. It, the reason I've said it's underrated is because a lot of people do say it was quite a bad game in the series and that it just it just wasn't good and I wholeheartedly disagree. I had so much fun playing Syndicate and I much preferred it to Unity which a lot of people seem to really, really rate and I, I just don't. No, I didn't like Unity at all. I thought it looked amazing and technically it was brilliant but it was too, not too glitchy, but I mean it was incredibly glitchy. I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't connect with Unity that much. I'd loved, like you said, I loved the twins in Syndicate, the setting, the just everything about it, that little gang mentality and everything. It wasn't the first mission, a train depot exploding and you had to run through it. That Yeah, that was it, because you started, it was King's Cross, I think, the depot at King's Cross. I want to say it was. Um, and then I remember you had to, go to different did you if you plant the explosives maybe you go to different areas in the courtyard where all the trains are I don't know, courtyard whatever you call it okay we've just had some very minor technical difficulties but welcome back to the show <laughs> i mean you won't know because i edited it out but i'm saying this just so you know i might edit this bit out who knows this may still be in the podcast who knows and i just had to work out how to resume my recording which took me a minute or two but we're good it's recording <laughs> we are good i mean i didn't stop mine so mine's got the whole you coming out of my phone instead of in my headphones it's got all that in it so uh, who knows this all might be left in for your pure enjoyment yeah. who knows but essentially i think we were saying the the first mission of assassin's creed syndicate i'm sure you're in the like the station yard for king's cross and you had to go to different parts where the trains were stored and like go underneath them and plant or disarm explosives and then the trains were leaving and then you jumped on and chased someone on the train and then had to assassinate them on it yes it was yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's just a great, great game all around, and I do agree with you that it's definitely sort of an underrated gem in the series. 
yeah, 100%. So that's my number two, and I think it's a good game. It's got good ratings, but people talk a lot of smack about it, so there we go. I'll, uh, I'll pass over to you for your numero dos. Ooh, thanks for the baton, passing the baton over. Now, we're going to move from a Ubisoft game to a Ubisoft game. <laughs> now, this game came out in the December of last, not last year, the year before, when the PS5 and the new Xbox had just released. And it is a game with possibly one of the worst titles I've ever heard for a game but one of the greatest games that I've played, and it is Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, what a game. Amazing. Great game. Now, originally it was called Gods and Monsters, if you remember. (laughs) I don't remember, but that is a dreadful title. It is. Gods and Monsters is a dreadful title, but it's still better than Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's very descriptive, because essentially the game is Gods and Monsters, which I'm sure you'll explain. (laughs) Yes, it's... It's a great game. If you haven't played it, definitely go and play it. It does look a bit kid-friendly from the outside, but it's definitely not. It's it's quite... Now, I'm going to say this loosely. It's quite Dark Souls-y in its combat and everything like that. Um, it's probably a mix of a Dark Souls and a Zelda Breath of the Wild. Ooh, it's like a mix yeah. of those two. Now, I love it. It's about... You play a character called Phoenix... And you discover that you are you have sort of the ability to take on all the godly powers and you rescue all of these gods um from the perils that they're in. It's based on mythological stories that were created all those thousands of years ago in ancient Greece of things that happened to these gods and you rescue them from their stories and in return they give you these sort of special powers and um offer to help you take down the big bad guy at the end and it's a great game it's a huge open world split into like five zones is mount olympus is a like garden like area with like aphrodite there's a there's like a what what would you describe it as a construction area with Hephaestus? Yeah, there's sort the, of a... the the construction uh, what the forge lands they called them didn't they yes that's the it forge lands yeah it's great it's if you have a chance to play it it's just an absolute blast and when you're fighting like all of typhon's minions typhon's the main villain in the game when you're fighting all of typhon's people it's just a great great time to play you have fun you run around you want to engage with the world and it's a beautiful world it's sort of cartoony in style but it's not it's not that borderland cell shaded it's i don't know it's more it's a bit like it's Breath of the Wild great... kind of graphics, but it a bit is. more. I really yeah. like just how colourful and creative the environment was. I loved the graphic style. It was really, it looked very childlike in a way and very friendly and colourful. But the game was actually quite violent. There wasn't too much blood or gore particularly, but there was a lot of fighting, a lot of combat, and it was actually a little bit complicated at times. The the combat mechanics, the, the it was very heavy as an RPG. The RPG elements were very heavy in it. You you could really focus which areas you wanted to upgrade, which moves you wanted to unlock, which armour you wanted to wear. And I think, looking at it, you wouldn't think it would be so in-depth as an RPG. I mean, it's not the longest game to play through, but certainly there was a lot of customization options in terms of the route that you took with, with your character. Um, so many mini-games yeah, as well, is. wasn't there? Oh, this, the, to platinum the game, you must do everything pretty yeah. much haven't you apart from i think it's a few of the sort of challenges you don't have to do and a few of the chests you don't have to get yeah. but you need to get most of everything and finish all the side quests finish all the side activities at least to even get anywhere near platinuming the game and it i think it must have took around 40 odd hours 40, yeah. to finish everything it's about 40, I think. But I would have happily done that even if there wasn't a reward at the end of it in the form of a trophy. I just really enjoyed it. I just wanted more. I wanted more to do. It was all the puzzles as well that you used to do. Um, the the jumping puzzles, you know, having to move crates around. It sounds really simple, but it was just so fun. The logic puzzles, yeah. the music puzzles. And, and not to mention the fact that because I got so carried away doing all those side missions and side quests... 
leveled up ridiculously fast before I'd even done much of the story. So I went <laughs> into the over leveling. <laughs> love it. The last thing I did because I'd already done every task before I went into the final boss battle. The last thing I did was fight the final boss, and I felt like it was supposed to be a lot harder than it was. But I, I think I like one hit him because <laughs> of how much I, I think it was like one or two hits to take him out. Obviously, there were a few stages to it, but each each stage, I think I did like one or two hits with a special move. And because I'd levelled up so ridiculously, it was just done there and then. Jesus yeah. H <laughs> Christ. It was great. Like I I would once again say everyone needs to go and play it. It's a stupid name. It's a great looking game. It's a great game to play. It's fun. It's everything you want from an RPG. Now it is the same developers are as Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so they're mythological standpoint of the entire game is very in-depth and there's some characters who pop up who are quite deep cuts within mythology but that's the way mythology goes if you don't know about mythology then sorry better go read a book (laughs) i mean i haven't read many books about mythology apart from greek mythology so if you want to test me on any other one, I'd do awfully, especially Egyptian mythology. Yeah, now, that no is idea. something that I'd love to learn about. I'd love to learn about Egyptian mythology and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that they just nailed the Greek mythology, though. They, it was The way they made it, like, so playful, but also quite quite humorous, quite rude at times, I think, as well. It was, it was oh, really yeah, it cheeky. Was. It was quite it was a rude quite, game. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, I, I can't even describe it. I mean, I know we've just spent the last 10 minutes describing it, but I think it's one of those things that you just have to play it and experience it because it's just so, so fun. Definitely. Now, let's move on to your number one. Ooh, I feel like I need a drum roll. I don't need a drum roll. <laughs> I'm going to do a air drum roll. I'm drumming the air. I can hear it. I can hear Symbol it. Symbol. Uh So... Number one, we have both played this. We have both played this on two consoles because it got remastered. And I feel like a lot of people are probably going to think, what, when I say this? But <laughs> bear with me. Ghostbusters the video game. Yes. Now, just before you indulge us in this absolute cracker of a game, I would just like to make the standpoint, which I'm assuming we'll probably discuss at some point, that Ghostbusters is my all-time favourite film, and I loved Ghostbusters Afterlife as well. The new one, thought it was an amazing film, but Ghostbusters is genuinely one of my favourite franchises in the world, and the first Ghostbusters film is, and will always be, my favourite film ever. Okay, now you tell us all about this incredible (laughs) game. So, I mean, most people will have a rough idea, I'm assuming, what Ghostbusters is. Obviously, it's a great movie. Uh, with a group of, uh, this is four of them obviously, that hunt down ghosts and trap them. And the game just kind of hits everything from the movies that you want to see, that that you know, makes an appearance within the game. We have obviously Stay Puffed, uh, we have the big Marshmallow Man, <laughs> we have Slimer. The best. <laughs> it's, I think graphically as well, it came out in 2009 originally on PlayStation 3 was the console I played it on, so I'm assuming it was on Xbox 360. And graphically back then it was really good. The the mechanics are really... Do you know what I feel like? It's really smooth. It just feels really smooth. The way it moves, the the way the weapons work. Because you get weapons, you get different mods for your... I've forgotten what the gun's called now, but they have. (laughs) You might be able to help me with that. So it's uh, it's attached to the proton pack, so it'll be like the proton gun which fires out the nuclear ray out of the end and obviously always cross the streams there, don't they? And they always say, don't cross the the, the streams, don't they? But they do cross the streams, <laughs> the spoilers. You can do it at any point in the game, if I remember You can correctly. do, uh, in the game. I know in the films it's a big point, isn't it, not to cross the streams, and then they do. Um, but in the, in the games, you, you can do, and, and it just sort of boosts the power, but... I found that what was good with this is there were it, it was a level-based game. Each level kind of had its own monster that you were chasing, or it's like with, with an overarching theme, obviously that all tied together at the end. But I really liked how each level varied. There were lots of different levels in different settings, and as you went yes. on, you unlocked new upgrades for the proton pack, and you could do different things with them. You could slam dunk the the ghosts yes, into the, the traps. Dunk. Traps you could slam dunk them into the traps. And I found it a little bit, even though it's, 
I suppose it's not a kids kids game, but it's it's probably rated like twelve, I'd imagine. Twelve up, ages twelve up, do you reckon? For a game I that was, yeah, up, yeah, for a game that was very cartoony and playful and fun, and very very humorous. At times, it was a little bit creepy. Like I'll never forget when you had to track one of the ghosts in the abandoned kids school in the classroom, <gasps> and you yeah. could hear like giggling. I think like children giggling and stuff, and that just put me on edge and I thought Ooh. but I was really invested in working my way around and there were a lot of like playful jump scares like a tray would go flying or something and it was always bright and colourful but at times it was a little bit sinister and I was like okay and I think the one that got me there's the one where you're going through all the portals isn't there is that in the library when there's all the portals opening yes you go into sort of the other dimension don't you when yeah. you're trying to hunt down the lady in the library the librarian yeah when you're trying to hunt her down and it's it's that yeah it's the big book monster that's it, it? Like the fight right monster. at the end like the giant lizard book monster because he chases you and i'm like i don't like this i don't like i, don't, I might have said in the previous <laughs> game i don't like games where i'm getting chased i really don't <laughs> I, you know those those old games where like you'd constantly have someone following you around like resident evil when you had is it mr x following yes. you when Mr. they're X, constantly yes. coming after you, not to mention Tomb Raider with the butler that you end up locking in the freezer. I just don't like being followed on games. Whether it's a good guy or a bad guy, if you know they're constantly coming, it just... Oh. So the fact that this book guy is always after you and you're trying to do things, I'm like, nope, no, I'm not having it. But the game was just so so playful, so fun, so humorous. And when it got remastered, I was like, I want that. And I remember I actually told my mum, like she asked me for a Christmas list, <laughs> which I still did one of those at my age. This was a few years ago. And I sent her. Do you um, circle the Argos catalog? <laughs> I do. I take. I, I cut little bits out of it and put it in a little scrapbook. And there you go. Um, oh, send that to Santa cute. for me. <laughs> but I sent her a link to that. I said oh, I'd really like this game, and she thought I was joking. And she was like, "Really? You're a bit old for that, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking." So I ended up. Uh, my partner actually ended up getting it for me uh, for my birthday. Uh, like the birthday, because my birthday's like a month after Christmas, and I was like, "Yeah, I asked mum to get right. it." But um, she kind of made fun of me a little bit, but I thought, you know what? Actually, oh it's not a kids' game. It is. It's, it's kids can play it, obviously, but it's just really fun. It's got combat. It's got collectibles. It's got cool environments to explore. The dialogue and the actual story is very funny, and I think I'm actually going to re- re-download it and play it again. Talking about it, I'm getting quite excited. So that is my number one. I had so much fun playing that when it first came out. I got that when I must have been about fourteen, fifteen. And just sat and played it over and over again, and then got the remastered one, and oh, it just took me right back. Just took me right back to playing it. Like it'll take me back like what ten years. I was like, yeah, this is, this is good. This doesn't get the recognition. I tell people about it, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, just got to play it. Got to play it. I think like it is one of those things that you need to play. Now, I I always sort of class that as the unofficial third movie. And then the new one is the fourth movie, not the third one, because it's the same characters, isn't it? It's all the original characters from Ghostbusters and in their own little story. Now, I remember when I first played it and the thing I was impressed by the most is the destructible environment. Yes, I forgot about that because it racks up a, um, how much damage you've caused, doesn't it? A monetary value to how much yeah, damage you've caused. Damage. property damage. And you get a rating, I think, on each level, depending on how much damage you've done. Yeah, I know there's a trophy connected to it. Like, there's one where by the end of the game, you're only allowed to have accumulated something like 100,000 property damage. And there's one on the flip now, side, isn't that's... there? To do as much as you can? I think it's like over 3 million. Yeah, I want to say 5 million that. for some reason. I don't, I don't know. I don't really remember. Um, but the, the one to get 100,000, or only under 100,000 before the end of the game, is so hard because there's a Times Square mission where you're trying to fight Stay Puft in Times Square and if you, for some reason I don't know why the monetary value of these is incredibly high if you smash the windows of a bus, you get immediately something daft like £38,000 of property damage and as soon as you smash one you think, oh well, that's me done yeah. then. You've got to be so careful with your proton pack. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it, that you you kind of 
you have games that you want to go for the platinum trophy. I know that you've done it, but you see one trophy and you think, oh, that's going to be difficult. <laughs> that's going to be the one that might put me off doing it. No, it didn't put me off. But I thought the with the original game on PS3, I wanted to platinum that so badly. And then I never platinumed it because I, once again, like I've said, I bought the game a little bit late to the hour with it again and by the time I got to it the whole online features were basically empty I found about two people on there and I couldn't yeah it was dead and I couldn't get yeah, any yeah I remember that yeah of the online trophies dead. and thankfully not thankfully because I think it would have been nice if they brought it back on the remastered version they didn't include the online services so it was only offline and that was why i eventually platinumed ghostbusters i actually platinumed it quite recently because i stopped playing it because that and medieval came out at the same time the remake of medieval and i remember just absolutely hammering out medieval and platinuming that and having the best time of my life with it uh so i just ended up not platinuming ghostbusters and i went back just before this september and just went through it. Well, actually, no, it wasn't just before September. It was just before PS5 came out, actually, because I platinumed both that and Skyrim, which were two games that I'd always wanted to platinum and never had. And actually, my number one is another one of the, those games that I platinumed before getting the PS5. So, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a number of them. We've both got quite a few. It's hard to keep track, isn't it, sometimes? It is uh, hard to how keep many track. We've got. But, yeah, Ghostbusters, number one for me. Underrated. Ghostbusters. Massively. I feel like it could have been your number one as well, but I'm sure you've got a great one to tell us about. I do, and I will unequivocally say that this is an incredible game. Now, I know last week we did our top five games, and they are my top five games, but this game and Ghostbusters would definitely make it to a top ten. Definitely, definitely would make it to a top ten. Now, this game that I'm going to talk about came out a little while ago, and I've never, ever heard anybody speak about it and it is a game called apotheon i've never heard of it exactly you're gonna have to tell me as well now it's called apotheon and it's a greek mythology game yeah obviously that's my top spot and you play as this character who is a part of a war and you've got to go through all of these different areas killing these different characters and these different gods to basically power up to defeat Zeus all the way at the end. And it's a great game. Obviously, it's very much like God of War, but it's a side-scroller with an incredibly unique art style. And this is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Now, the art style all looks like you are playing the game on a piece of Greek earthenware pottery. Okay, that sounds really interesting. It's really, I'm just looking it up now, I can see what you mean. That looks really interesting. It's really, really good. Uh, Just the whole aesthetic about it, and the the soundtrack, if you can get it, I think the soundtrack probably should be on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music. It should be on there. The soundtrack's incredible, especially when you're sort of in all the marketplaces. And it's just the way it works, the way you do your upgrades, the way the bosses are. is It's just an incredible feeling game. And you find all these different gods who are sort of hanging out in places. There's Dionysus who's got getting all these people drunk and there's all these side <laughs> missions. And to get the platinum, you've got to beat it on, I think it's called I don't remember. I think it's called Olympian difficulty or something. Uh, sounds and like sounds appropriate. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely is. It's so hard, and I remember trying it once and not being able to do it. And it was a long time ago when it first came out, and just before PS5 came out, I was determined to platinum the three games that I'd always wanted to platinum, which was Skyrim, Ghostbusters, and Apothean, and I did all three of them. I think. Skyrim was the last one, and that was the week before the PS5 came out. And Apotheon, it's just an amazing game. I'm just gonna, I'm just trying to look it up. Apoth, Apoth, yes, the original soundtrack is on 
It's on Spotify, at least. It came out in 2015. And the developers are a developer called Alien Trap. And I've, once again, I've never played any more of their games apart from I've this. I've heard one. of Alien this Trap, is... I think. I've never heard of them apart from, obviously, this game. But just for the aesthetic alone, you need to play it. It's it's even better. You can really see it when you're using Torch. So there's really intricate lighting mechanics in the game. And when you're in a dark area, if you don't have a torch on or the rest of the area is in complete darkness, it looks like a piece of black pottery is there until you get the lighting on and then it goes to that sort of red earthenware look. It's, it's great. So good. It looks it's real. I'm just looking now. It looks so good. Definitely. I, I think if you could pick it up, definitely play it Jamie it's such an underrated game and I think it will always be the top of my most underrated games that have sort of ever come out I honestly can't rave about it enough it just feels <laughs> great to play and some of the bosses in it are incredible you fight Poseidon on this boat and it's oh, great wow. and you fight oh you fight a cyclops inside and the only way you can hurt the cyclops is by attacking its eye it's well, brilliant. That's usually the easiest route for a Cyclops, isn't it? Go for the eye. It, yeah, it usually is. But honestly, anyway, you hit the Cyclops, it just doesn't doesn't work. And there's full customization. You get like different bits of armor. You upgrade it, and then you've like can make like potions and buffs. And then there's different weapons which you can upgrade. And then there's ranged and there's throwing and there's like you can get like Greek fire, everything like that. It's just. Go and play it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I My words cannot do it justice about how good it is, but for the aesthetic and the soundtrack alone, go and buy it. I don't think it's that much. Can you see wherever you're looking right now, Jamie, how much it is? I can have a look. Let's have a have quick a look. look. Jamie's uh, having a little tappy ooh, tap. Uh, Apotheon. Uh, on Steam, it's $14.99. It's the same on the PlayStation Store. I don't know how much that translates to to pounds, so about- but... Twelve pound, maybe. Thirteen quid, around yeah, about there. that. So there you go. Twelve quid. You're gonna get a lot of fun in yeah. that game. That's a so, couple of good little side scrollers that we've uh, <laughs> yeah we've we mentioned have. today. Definitely have. Uh, obviously, this is quite a bit of a shorter episode because that sort of brought us to the end of our episode. It's a it bit has. of a shorter episode. We did think that. We're going to shorten it down from the 1 hour 30, 1 hour 45 mark to about an hour because it's a bit more digestible. But obviously, if we have sort of a big topic to cover, then it may stretch to an hour and a half once again. But we thought we'd sort of only choose three underrated games because we were originally going to go for five and then it dropped down to four. And we thought maybe let's just try three and see if that lasts an hour. And it has Actually, we could easily talk much. about five each, couldn't we? But I think as <laughs> yeah, well, we, th- we, we think, oh, we'll quickly mention a few things at the start, and then actually we spend ages talking about them, because actually they're, everything that we talk about, I like to think, is really interesting. I hope the listeners do as well. But when we just start talking, oh, we'll talk about the latest uh, chapter of Boba Fett, and then 20 minutes later, oh, yeah, we have a podcast to do. <laughs> exactly. Now, obviously, next week is probably going to be a big Boba Fett final episode spoiler bonanza and it's going to be a great time talking about that i'm not seeing any films in the next week that are new anyway i'm seeing a few films at the weekend but they're sort of repeats for valentine's weekend what's on one of them including is the notebook which i'm very excited to see in cinemas very exciting great Great film great film great film it is a tearjerker if you haven't seen it and on the i think it's the second of march i'm going to see the 50th anniversary 4K remaster of The Godfather, which I'm very excited oh, wow. about. One of the greatest the films in the world, if not the greatest. It is one of the I best think it is the top one on IMDb, The Godfather, isn't it? I think so. It's either that or Shawshank Redemption or Schindler's Sh- List. It's, it's, Shawshank. Ah, it's Shawshank Redemption, I think. And then I think it's Dark Knight. I want to say it's Ooh, number two. Okay, didn't know And that. then I want to say it's Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. Then I think it's right. Schindler's List. I might be wrong, but that is what I think. Someone can fact check me on that if they want. <laughs> I'll probably have a look afterwards. But I think IMDb's top five. I think that is it. Are you having a little tappy tap right now? Do you want me to? Do you want me to have a? Quick I think you should. I think off. this is the final. Here thing we go. So we're gonna do. Jamie's IMDb doing a little tappy tap. Top movies. IMDb's top movies because IMDb is the most trusted source there is out there. Ah, oh, I've got it slightly wrong. Oh, he's got, got it the, only slightly. 
I've got the top four correct, but in the wrong order. Shawshank Redemption is number one. Right. Godfather and Godfather Part 2 are in that order, a two and three. Brilliant. The Dark Knight is number four. Right. And then we have 12 Angry Men at number five. Oh, really? And Schindler's List is six. 12 Angry um, Men's above Schindler's List, my word. It is, yeah. Schindler's List is number six. And then we've got Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Pulp Fiction, oh, The Good, The Bad and the Ugly, yes. Fellowship of the Ring, Fight Club, which we don't talk about, um, and <laughs> so you, on, so what, on. What do you mean we don't, we don't talk about what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> edit that, edit that. <laughs> Get that out quick. You got don't it. hear us. <laughs> well, there we go. I got, I got four of the top five correct, just not necessarily in the right order, so... It is what it is. It is what it is. Well done for that. Uh, there's probably, right this moment, our fanciful music playing in the background, which signals it's about 40 seconds before the end of the podcast. Just want to say, again, thank you for, to Reese for the logo. His Instagram is linked below, but it is at reese.gfx. You can find us on Instagram at the Babblers Guild. I'm surprised we actually was able to get that and it wasn't taken, which is brilliant. But make sure you leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on, be it Apple Music, Spotify, or all the good stuff. We're on so many. We're on so many. We're on literally everything. Anyway, like I said last time, that was us. (laughs) Get out for another week. (laughs) You're barred. Come back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.